everybody. This is my review of Book of Boba Fett, Episode 5. Overall, I thought this was a fantastic episode that, like a lot of people were saying, really did feel like Mandalorian Season 2.5 or like the premiere episode of Mandalorian Season 3. At first, I was actually a little bit resistant to that idea, and I wasn't happy with this episode not even having Boba in it. But since then, and upon further reflection, I've totally embraced it. I love this episode, although it's not perfect. And I can't wait to see where this show goes from here. Talking about the good, let's start with the direction. This episode was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who did a really solid episode in Mandalorian Season 1 and a fantastic episode in Season 2. She very clearly knows what she's doing, and she did an amazing job with this one. I love the way these directors are almost going through Favreau and Filoni School. I think it's cool that we have a ton of recurring directors um, that are working on all these Favreau and Filoni Star Wars projects. And at this point, after three great episodes, I'd love to see Bryce Dallas Howard tackle her own Star Wars show, just like Deborah Chow is doing with Obi-Wan Kenobi, and maybe Dave Filoni will do with Ahsoka, um, because she's fantastic and she did a great job with this. One great example, another YouTuber, John Campia, brought up, which really shows how great the direction of this episode was, was that scene where Mando has to give up all his weapons to the security droid before going on to the commercial flight. That could have very, very easily been a goofy or a cheesy scene, but it was actually perfect because it was surprisingly tense. Um, What I mean by that is, as he's giving up his weapons, literally everybody watching is going, no, no, don't give them up. Everybody is thinking the exact same thing, that the weapons are going to be stolen. That tension resurfaces again when Mando is retrieving his weapons after the fight, and everyone expects them as he opens up the case. Everybody expects those weapons to be gone. That sense of tension coming from such a minor and insignificant scene was fantastic because this is what a good director does. They take the material, they take what's on the page, and they transfer it onto the screen in a way that elevates it. On the page, this scene is nothing. It's just the droid takes the weapons and gives them back. It's not really anything special. But in the hands of a director like Bryce Dallas Howard, that scene uh, is just taken to a whole new level and she imbues this sense of tension in it Uh, which I absolutely loved, and her direction of this episode was fantastic. Talking about the visuals, the visuals of this episode were beautiful. The CGI looked pretty much flawless. The cinematography was great. I loved the way the big ring-shaped space station looked, and I liked shots like Mando's silhouette in the beginning um, in the little butcher place. The space station looked awesome. The X-Wings looked really good. Something about them just looked so practical and realistic. They might have been miniatures, I'm not sure, but they did not look CG to me at all. Um, That really created a sense of verisimilitude. I think this episode was just a great looking episode. And it was nice to actually get off Tatooine a little bit and to see a new place before, of course, I'm sure the last few episodes will be very Tatooine focused. Moving on, another thing I've been loving about this show so far that was highlighted once again in this episode was the production design. I love the giant ring-shaped space station and the way that looked with the trains passing by and then the extras and the design of the buildings was awesome, as was the bar Mando walked into. I love seeing Moss Eisley and Beggar's Canyon again in greater detail. Uh, They both look fantastic and this show as a whole just looks great. The design and the detail put into the sets is even more inventive and even a step up from Mandalorian and it's pretty awesome. Uh, Moving on to the action. The action in this episode was fantastic and it was some of the best in the series so far. Talking specifics, that opening fight scene was awesome. It was cool seeing Mando as kind of a brutal, tough bounty hunter again, and then seeing the Darksaber in action. The choreography was great. The fight was well shot. 
I was surprised by how brutal it got. It might be one of the most graphic fight scenes in all of Star Wars. Mando was cutting people in half and stabbing them right through the chest with no hesitation. And it's pretty awesome to see how Favreau and Filoni are pushing it a little bit with the violence and giving it more of an edge than we're used to in Star Wars. Uh, we also got to see Mando training with the armorer, which was awesome. I loved the parallels uh, between that and Sabine training with Kanan in Star Wars Rebels. The episode does a great job really communicating how it's not easy to fight with the lightsaber and how Mando is struggling with it. Um, that sets the stage for a great challenge for him to overcome, presumably in Mandalorian Season 3. Um, we also get to see Mando versus Paz Vizsla, which was awesome. The fight was well done. I'd like to see Mando getting beaten up. He's the Indiana Jones type protagonist who's a great warrior and who is very experienced, but also gets really beaten up and it just makes you root for them more. And I love that. Um, finally, I like seeing the little bit of action we got with the new ship, the Naboo Starfighter. I love seeing how fast it was, seeing the confrontation with the New Republic. The Phantom Menace nostalgia was very strong in the latter half of this episode. And uh, I just loved all the action in this episode was great. Talking about the characters and the performances, Pedro Pascal as Din Djarin was awesome. His voice is just perfect for the role, and he does a great job with the efforts and exertions, as they're called in the voice acting business. All the groans and the grunts as he's fighting and being thrown around. He was fantastic, as always, in this episode, and it's pretty remarkable how him and his body doubles are able to convey such emotion through the helmet and the suit. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Talking about the character himself, I love how from the very first moment you see him, you can instantly tell that this guy is completely lost. His mission in life, his purpose is over. He completed his goal. He returned Grogu to the Jedi and he doesn't know what to do next. He has no purpose. Um, not only that, but his faith is completely shaken because he previously met these Mandalorians who have no problem taking off their helmets. And they tell him that he's an extremist cultist, that he's in this extreme cult of Mandalorians. He's left completely alone, purposeless, completely shaken to the core, uh, and just questioning the validity of his cult of Children of the Watch. So he doesn't know what to do, and he does what anybody would do in that situation. He reverts back to what he knows, what's familiar, what he's comfortable with. He goes back to bounty hunting. He goes back to find the cult. He finds the Children of the Watch, even though you can still tell he's very conflicted on the inside about them. So I love that. I love how he's finally embraced in this episode that the Darksaber is his. And then I love the moment where the armorer tells him that he's no longer a Mandalorian since he took off his helmet. You can feel the shock. You can feel how huge this moment is for him as a character. And it sets up Mandalorian season three perfectly. Uh, he's going to have to learn the journey he's going to have to go on is that Mandalorians are not this strict confined view that he always thought they were. He's going to have to learn and his definition of what a Mandalorian is, is going to have to broaden um, and I can't wait to see him go on that journey, and I uh, can't wait to see where he goes from here. He also gets this new mission in the episode, a new purpose, to deliver this gift to Grogu, and then also to return to Mandalore to cleanse himself. Um, I just cannot wait to see where he goes from here. This is an episode that really served and delivered a lot of important moments for this character, while also setting up, perfectly setting up, um, some great conflicts and challenges for him um, in Mandalorian Season 3. Um, so I cannot wait. This has gotten me even more excited for Mandalorian season three, and I cannot wait to see where this character goes, and I can't wait to see how he helps Boba Fett, and I can't wait to see their interactions. So uh, Din Djarin and Pedro Pascal were fantastic in this episode. Next up, Emily Swallow as the armorer was awesome as well. It was great to see her back because 
I really liked that character in Mando season one. She did a great job delivering exposition. I'm excited to see where the character goes in the future. I think the end game of the show or in the future of the show, she could very easily become an antagonist because she's so strict and so narrow in her ideals and her extremist ideals. And Mando's going to have to learn to break out of that. And I think that's going to spark some conflict, which I'm excited to see. The last person I want to talk about is Paul Sun Hyung Lee, who appeared briefly as Carson Teva. Uh, I love seeing him again from Mandalorian season two. I love how he recognized Mando. It was cool to see him again, and I'm excited to explore more of the New Republic as the Favreau and Filoni-verse continues. Moving on to my favorite part of this episode, which was the story, but more specific than the story, the lore and the world building. Uh, I loved the lore that was introduced. The lore of Mandalorians and the complexity of their culture, of the different houses, of different groups of them, of different sects, of the uh, kind of breakoff groups, all of that has just been really interesting to me since Clone Wars and one of my favorite parts of Star Wars. It's very Game of Thronesy with the different houses, and uh, we got to explore a little bit more of that in this episode, which I loved. There were two major kind of uh, exposition or major world building uh, moments we got, I guess. The first one, which I absolutely loved, was learning about the armorer, what she thinks of Bo-Katan, and also learning why Bo-Katan didn't take the Darksaber from Mando in the Mandalorian season two finale when he offered it to her, especially since she had no problem taking the Darksaber from Sabine Wren in Star Wars Rebels. I love the explanation that Mandalorians believe if the Darksaber isn't won in combat, all of Mandalorian, the person who wields it, is cursed. I love how Bo-Katan probably believes that herself. She refused to take the lightsaber from Din because the last time she took it, she was cursed and the Empire destroyed all of Mandalore. I love that explanation and I love that world building. The other major thing I freaked out once I saw, because I never thought we would actually see it, or at least not so soon, was the destruction of Mandalore. Seeing the TIE bombers completely destroy the planet and then seeing the droids looking for survivors, very much a reference to the Terminator, was amazing. That scene was stunning. It's one of my favorite scenes in Star Wars. It was beautiful on every level. It was so good looking. I cannot rave about that scene enough. I want to take each shot of that flashback sequence and hang it on my wall right next to the shot of Boba killing the Nikto biker gang from last episode. It's absolutely gorgeous. Um, that scene I can just watch over and over and I have gone back and rewatched that. Um, I love what it means for the universe. I love the lore, the world building but also it's just a stunning flashback and it's so good looking. Um, and I absolutely love that. Other than the world building, other than the lore building, I love the direction the story is going. I love the conflicts that this episode set up for Mando. I love the mission it set up for Mando. I love his new ship. I love Fennec coming at the end to tie him back to Boba Fett. Um, I think that this show, or it seems like the show is building to an all out massive, large scale war between the Pikes and Boba's side. And I really hope it delivers on that. Um, I'm really curious to see where it goes with only two episodes left, which is kind of surprising. I really did love this episode. Um, moving on to my criticisms, though. My main issue with this episode is the pacing. Everything was great until Mando arrived on Tatooine. The stretch of time from him landing on Tatooine to him testing out his new ship really, really dragged. That scene was way too long, and I was honestly getting pretty sick of it. I was relieved once it was over, to be completely honest, and uh, it was fine. I like what the scene means. I like what it is, but it just went on for way too long. Um, and what didn't help that issue for me was my other problem with this episode, which was Amy Sedaris. I enjoyed her in short little bursts 
in Mandalorian seasons one and two, but she had by far her biggest role in this episode, and it was not good. Her humor does not work for me at all. Not one of her jokes landed. They all fell completely flat for me, and I found her really annoying. She made that sequence a lot more painful than it should have been, and really decreased my enjoyment of the episode overall. Um, So that's why this episode is not my favorite. A lot of people are raving about it. This isn't my favorite Boba Fett episode because of the second half. The tattooing stuff was a lot weaker for me than the other stuff. Um, So those are my criticisms. Um, I still really like this episode. It's probably my second favorite episode after the last one. I cannot wait for next episode. Um, I hope it's good. I think Dave Filoni is directing the next one. So that's a good sign. I cannot wait. Um, What did you think of this episode? Did you like this one as much as me? Did you like it more than me, less than me? What did you think of it? Please let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube, in the form, in the email, in the voicemail, if you're on any other platforms. And all the links to do all those things are in the description. And uh, thank you so much for listening and have a good day.